build these strong walls, this is what we're going to need. Right here is what we've learned from, from Nehemiah. We're going to need passionate faith in God and a strong commitment to the task and a willingness to work hard, a lot of help, and also perseverance against all odds. Okay? That's what it's going to take. He did this in 52 days, but this is what he did. And this is what it's going to take for us to be able to build those walls of protection around us as well. And we've talked about most of those. We're going to look at perseverance against all odds. Simply because he did it in 52 days, guess what? He had opposition. He had people who wanted to stop him. Let, let me show you the names of those people right now. Let's see if I Sam Ballot, the Horonite. The Horonite, Horon is actually a, uh, a city in Moab. And Tobiah, the Ammonite. And Geshem, the Arab. What's interesting about this, by the way, is Sam Ballot is recognized by the city in which he's from. Because it's in the nation of Moab. Tobiah is recognized by his which is Ammon. He's an Ammonite. And Geshem is recognized by his race. He's an Arab. So we have someone from the city and someone from the from a nation and someone from the race. And I've been trying to figure out why they're listed this way and I've come to this conclusion. I have absolutely no idea. I can't think of any theological significance why Sam Ballard is recognized by his city. Tobiah by his country and Justin by his race. Just by the way, one day I'll say, God, and he'll say, Listen, mess with your head. Listen to this, that's all. No real reason. All right, there we go. Okay, now here's the thing. These guys were all um, in opposition, kind of the enemies of what Nehemiah was trying to do. All right. Here's the th- they were all related. All these people are related. Nehemiah, Sandalic, Tobiah, and Geshem are all related descendants, all connected together. They're distant, distant cousins. Of course, we know that, that the, the Arab, their Geshem, the Arab, the father of the Arabs is what? It was Ishmael, right? Okay, so Abraham has two sons, correct? And one son is Isaac, and through Isaac come all the Jewish descendants, and another son, through Hagar, is all of the Arab descendants. And so you go back, and they both have... Abraham is their father. Okay? And even the Moabites and the Ammonites, you get a little history lesson. They're related. Let me show you how that, they come through the, uh, the Abraham's nephew, Lot. Okay, Abraham used to hang out with his nephew named Lot. And they did a lot of, you can read all that stuff in Genesis. And Lot, one time, unfortunately, it didn't really go well for him, and so he and his daughters were banished and they're living in a cave. And the daughters decide, you know, we don't have any man to have children with, so let's get our father drunk, and we'll have kids with our father. Here's the scripture that he's like that. So both of Lot's daughters, daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter had a son, and she named him what? Moab, who is the father of the Moabites. The younger daughter also had a son, and she named him Benjamin. He's the father of all the enemies. So the Arab was related to Ishmael. And the Ammonites and the Moabites were related to Israel. These are all cousins. And if you ever think to yourself, and some people say, well, yeah, but God chose the Jews. He's their special one. He's their favorite one. He didn't even provide. Because you know what? He, he provided a place. He provided a land for the Jewish people. But guess what? He provided a land for the Jewish God is still the God of all people. When the Israelites have been released from uh, Egypt and they're on their way to their promised land, they have to travel through the land of their distant cousins, the Moabites and the, and the Ammonites and everything else. And this is what God said to them. 
God gave them a warning as they're going through these other lands. He said, Then the Lord said, Do not harass the Moabites or provoke them to war, for I will not give you any part of their land. I have given Ar to the descendants of Lot as a possession. God did set aside some land, we call it Israel, for his Jewish people, but he also set aside a tract of land for the Moabites. And guess what? For the Ammonites, too, take a look. When you come to the Ammonites, do not harass them or provoke them to war, for I will not give you possession of any land belonging to the Ammonites. I've given it to them as a possession to the descendants of Lot. Do you understand that God gave land to lots of different people and not just the Jews? The Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Moabites also got land from God. But the Jews are not the God did care, but he wasn't really pleased with them. And that is because as the Jews are being released from Egypt, and they, you know, they haven't seen each other for 400 years, while the Jews have been enslaved for 400 years, the Ammonites and the Moabites, they've been living in their own land, building up their economies. Now what should have happened is as the Jews have been released from Egypt and they go through the land of the Arabs and the Moabites and the Ammonites, what should have happened is their distant cousins should have said, we haven't seen you for 400 years. Man, it's good to see you. Come on, let's help you get to your land. They should have given food and water and helped them all the way to their promised land that God had already given them. But they did not do that as well. They didn't exactly act that way. In fact, not only did they not provide food and water, they hired somebody to curse the Jews. Do you remember the guy's name? Those of you who are familiar with the I'll give you a little hint. His donkey straightens him out of the guy's name? Balaam. They hire Balaam, who's like a sorcerer. They say, I want you to go curse the Jews as they come out of Egypt and they come for them. And the Moabites man, and I pay this guy money to curse the Jews. And it doesn't quite work out that way. Because of that, God's a little kicked off at it. So he says to the Jews, now, make sure that when you do settle, you don't take any Moabites or Ammonites or Arabs as your daughters, daughter-in-laws, and they cannot be part of the assembly. The assembly is for you. They cut themselves off because of the way they treated it. Here's a scripture right here. Why did God cut them off? For they did not come to meet you with bread and water on your way when you came out of Egypt. And they hired Balaam, son of Beor, from Pesco, and Aaron, to pronounce the person. What would have happened in the Middle East then, and maybe even now, if the Arabs, the Ammonites, the Moabites, Welcome their distant cousins and said, Let us help you get opposition from these three men. They tried to stop them from building them. They tried to stop them from building them. Let me give just four little examples right here. I think the culture trying to stop them from building them. I think sometimes your friends and family are going to try to stop them from building them. You have an enemy who's calling Satan. He's going to try to stop them from building them. And guess what? Sometimes you yourself are going to get in the way and try to stop them from building them. The culture is going to do it because they're faithful. 
if we pull all, if, if our relationships are nice, nice and healthy, if our finances are nice and healthy, our economy actually will at least in the short term suffer. Because our economy is built on the entire idea that you don't get your finances, that you are satisfied with your finances, that you aren't satisfied. Our economy is built on the fact that you have to be dissatisfied. You have to go in debt. You have to buy more than you can afford. Once you get your finances in, in short order, you, you know what? You're not the consumer that you used to be. You kind of maintain and you grow a little bit, but you don't go out and you buy all the stuff that the economy wants. The culture doesn't want you to get healthy. And it doesn't want you to love your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't want you to love God. Like the culture wants you to put the culture first. And the culture does that by trying to put you Friends and family, sometimes, you know, as you get healthy, as you begin to work on all of this, sometimes friends and family don't really appreciate it because it maybe sometimes even exposes their own unhealth and they don't like it. And they actually begin to sabotage what you want to do. And the whole book, myself, also generation to generation, and the author talking about the sabotage that sometimes friends and family do to one another to keep everybody in health. Because if you get healthy, Sometimes it exposes their own and the whole family system begins to function. You have an enemy called Satan, a man that he loves to get you to stop building those walls. Why? Because he can get right after you those cracks. So you do. He builds the wall strong and it's hard to come against you. So you need to do everything you can to keep it from building. And sometimes it's used yourself. Because even though we will say things like, I want to get healthy. We kind of like our own health. We enjoy it. For whatever reason. Sometimes it makes us the center of, of attention. Sometimes it's just it's, it's too much work and we don't want to put any effort. And so we just don't build it. And we become our own place. I'm going to show you several times that Nehemiah was confronted today. We're going to do this rather quickly. Several times that Nehemiah was confronted. Seven different ways that they tried to stop Nehemiah you have those written in your bulletin right there in your sermon notes. I'm not going to read those passages, but I'm going to read you Nehemiah's response to them all, okay? How did he deal with it? Okay? So, what do I do when I'm, when, when all these people, the culture, or my friends and family, or the enemy, or even myself, when, when we begin to, to try to keep us from building these walls that we need, the walls of relationship and finances and knowledge and, and ministry, what do we do? Well, how about this? When I'm laughed at, what do I do about it? Well, See, this is what happens. Sometimes when you want to get healthy, sometimes when you when you try to get your finances in order, you begin to work on your relationships. You know, people will say, what a silly thing to do. What that different? silly is that? Who do you think you are? You see that written there in your in your, in your bulletin and Stan Ballard and Hornite and Tobiah and, and Geshem. They all laughed at us, he said. They, ah, what, what a dumb thing to do. What are you doing? Come on, we got other things to do. Let's spend our time other places, other ways. This is what... I shot down. The God of heaven will make us succeed. We are his servants, and we're going to work. We will. We can keep the Lord on We get no saying. We can Sometimes, God, we need Sometimes, when we try to get ourselves healthy, sometimes we build that wall, whatever we've acknowledged, and we're taking time. Maybe even spending money to go to school or taking time to come to class with people say, That's so silly, what are you doing? It's a beautiful day out there. Just go enjoy the day. It's just being sick. 
this is our response. This is, this is Nehemiah's reply. This is what we do when we're laughed at. I trust God. I pray. And I keep doing it. Somebody laughs at my efforts, and, and you know what? I'm just going to say, well, okay. Maybe it is silly to you. I've got a wall to do. I've got some things I've got to do. Sometimes people take it beyond laughing and, and, and you get mocked. What do I do when I'm mocked and ridiculed? You see that when Sandalad and, and, and Tobiah and the others began to, to mock them and say, okay, he's doing it, but he's doing such a terrible job. I mean, this fence and then this wall of the building was so insignificant. If a fox jumped on it, it would fall over. Okay, go ahead and do it, but you're just doing terrible work. You don't even know what you're doing. So stupid. This is what Nehemiah says. And by the way, he's right in his own. Listen. Listen to the right part. Listen to the wrong part. We're going to ask him. Nehemiah prayed, Oh, listen to us, dear God. We are so despised. Boomerang their ridicule on their heads. Have their enemies cart them off as war trophies to a land of no return. Don't forgive their iniquities. Don't wipe away their sins. They've insulted the builders. Now, where is he right? Let's start with the thing he did right. What did he say that was right? Listen to us, oh God. <laughs> we are despised. Do you see that? They mock me. Where is he wrong? Okay. What you're reading there, are you, are you ready? You're so glad you came to church this morning. What you're reading there is what is called an imprecatory prayer. We even have a category there's psalms called imprecatory psalms. This is where people's emotions built up so much that they're really, really angry and they said, God, I want you. I want your forgiveness, but go and just destroy those people. It's called imprecatory. Okay? It's why we look at the Bible and we notice the Bible. One of the reasons we know the Bible is a true book. Because all human raw emotion is there. If it was one of these sanitized, made-up books, you wouldn't put this in here because everybody would be holy and wonderful and you'd only say the right thing. But this is real. Nehemiah was a real person. He was really upset. He was also dealing with the culture of the day. The culture of the day was eye for eye to see. Jesus comes along about 480 years later, 450 years later, and says, Don't call them What Nehemiah should have said is, Pray that you would change the heart of man. But Nehemiah was human. And he prayed a very human. Now, what happened? So, what am I going to do about it? Whenever I am mocking ridicule, get ready. What do you think? You're going to do this. You're going to trust God, pray, and keep building, right? If you look at your sermon notes now, you're probably going to be able to stay in the line of the this is our reaction. When we are building, when we're building a wall, if we're laughed at, if we're ridiculed, you know what? We trust God, we pray, and we keep building. How about, how about, sometimes, line attack. Sometimes people will actually attack. And by that, they had to actually worry about physical attack. 
They actually had to worry about the fact that the people would come at them with spears. We probably don't have to deal with that one, but you can be attacked by your friends and neighbors and by your culture. Stop it! Stop doing it! Stop it! They'll get in the way. They'll do everything they can to prevent you. I mean, these people actually become, not just through their words, but through actions, in other ways, to stop you from coming to church, to stop you from learning, to stop you from forgiving, to stop you from getting your finances in shape. They're going to tempt you with so many other ways you can spend your money. They're going to do everything they can to stop you. Nehemiah faced it, and so what he did, this was his answer. We conquered with what? Instead of around the clock Now there, I love that because look, what's the first thing that he did? Right? And then what? Did something about it. Okay? See, we have a tendency sometimes to not do either of those. Or if we do one, we do the first one. We pray, and then that's it. You want to stop some of the attacks? Sometimes what's going to have to happen is some of the people who are attacking, you're going to have to break relationship with them. Sometimes what we have to say to even a friend or a family member is, you know, I just can't be around you. Is there anybody in the world who just can't be around you? Because they They stop you in your blood. They stop you from building your life. There are some people that, that just get in the way. And of course you say to yourself, well, I, you know, I'll, I'll be gracious and it's all good. But you know something? Instead of influencing them, it's the other way around. They bring you down. There have been people in my life, not me, but some people in my life that I just had to cut off. Say, I cannot be around you. When I'm around you, I won't help you. You don't help me. Perhaps you can look and say, well, in the past, maybe you should be stronger than I would say, maybe I should, and maybe one day I will be. But for now, I know my And I know the type of people to serve. And I can't let them do that. So what do I do? I bless God, pray, and I... Keep building. There it is. That's exactly right. Okay, I'm just going to keep building. How about when I'm distracted? This happens when people try to, you know, they say, oh, you're doing great work. It's wonderful, but you know what? Let's take a little time out here. You know, what you really need is a break from building your finances. Go splurge a little bit. What you really need is a break from building your marriage or your relationship with your kids or whatever. You just need to spend a little time with yourself and, and just kind of take a little break here. Then you get distracted from building. What happens, of course, is we just hardly ever get back to it. Sandballard, Dubai, and Geshem, here's what they, what they were doing. You can read about that in, in your bulletin. They, uh, they were sending notes saying, you know, okay, Nehemiah, we understand what's going on. Come down and talk to us about it. Let's set an appointment, and we'll talk about it. And they sent that time after time after time. Time after time after time. Nehemiah, stop what you're doing. Let's have a little meeting about it and discuss it all, okay? Nehemiah knew what they were trying to do. Because if he's talking to them, he's not building the wall. So this is what he wrote. 
I knew they were screaming to hurt me, so I sent messages back. I am doing a great work. I can't come down. Why should the work come to a standstill just so I can come down and see you? Four times they sent this message. And four times I gave them my answer. You know what? I'm doing a great work. I'm not going to take this and, and set it aside just because you want to. Because you're a little dissatisfied with what I'm doing. I'm going to keep it up. I'm going to do it. Now, if you want to talk to me while I'm building the walls, that's your business, but I'm certainly not going to give you my time. Because I have a focus on the call. I'm building a strong relationship. I'm going to focus in on my kids and my spouse, my parents. I'm going to focus in on my finances and put them back into shape. I'm not going to take time out of that just to get disgusted with you. I know what I need to do, and I'm going to do it. I know that my knowledge is out there. I need to build that. I'm going to build it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to study it. So here's what our response is to them. And what do you think we're going to do? We are going to trust God. Okay. What? We're building. That's what we do. That's how it works. But how about when we're slain? Did that lie told about you? Particularly when sometimes those lies come from uh, sources you wouldn't expect. And particularly when sometimes those lies are so easily believed. See, it's one thing to be silent. It's another thing to have the people around you believe it. And the key is double is not just that someone says something about you, but why was it so easy for the people around us to believe it? Why couldn't they just go, oh, it's just a kind of And that's up to you. But it's not my job to stop the word, go around, and to tell the truth to everybody. Because the more I do that, the more people think, there must be something to it. Look how much time we use to set When we're slandered, what we're going to do? How about this? We're going to trust God, pray, and. Final way to see it. And try to stop it. What do I do when I'm stuck? 
threaten your free possession? Because you're trying to get your finances in order and you can't make all your bills? Threaten with the loss of a relationship? You know, if you keep this up, if you spend that much time studying, you spend that much time going to church or learning or being with Christian people, I'm not going to When I was attending a Jewish Pacific University, there was a young man, a Jewish, who became a Christian believer and his family threatened him. He was building walls of faith, he was building walls of protection, and his family threatened him. He said, if you don't give up Jesus Christ, you get him. And they gave him a certain amount of time, and of course, they committed to Jesus Christ as strong, and he did not give up his faith. And one day he walked into his living room of his house, and there was a caution there, and they were holding his feet, and he was dead now. And he walked out. And this was many years ago, and I can't tell you how the story ended, but at the time that I knew him, I never spoke to him again. Not because he hated him, but because they didn't even acknowledge that he was. They threatened Nehemiah. They said, some kind of period. You better run to the temple and hide. And Nehemiah said, This is his reply. I realized that God had not sent him. His prophet said, If you don't run, they're going to kill you. I realized that God had not sent him. He said, He prophesied against me because Tobiah and Sandal had hired him. He then hired to intimidate him so that I, so I would commit the sin I do. And then, they would give me a bad name. This is my friend said, I will not give up. I can't trust Sometimes building those walls will cost us. Sometimes people will trust you. Sometimes they trust you. come between you and building that wall. Don't let anything come between you and, and repairing that gap where the enemy's coming at you. We've already talked about all the things that are going to have to happen, the help that you're going to have to have, everything else. But don't stop and don't give up because this is what Scripture says. Read this with me, will you? So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised you want that wall built, you want to be stronger in every area, you can do it. 
God doesn't have to do a miracle within your life and do it for you. We just have to work hard and begin to and trust that God will bless our efforts as long as we don't give. Do people try to stop? Yeah, yeah. Why? That's what you mean. Will the culture try to stop it? Will our culture exists. We sit people spending more than they have and leaving one another and running out and all this too. Could you imagine if our TV shows actually got cleaned up in the relationship with health and TV? TV shows are built on the health care. That's what's saying. Gossip columnists, could you imagine? It'll be gone. Out of a job. Our culture has the best of interest in keeping it. In keeping our lives back. And every attempt that comes to us, whether it's from the culture, whether it's from the people around us, friends or family, we will respond. We will trust God, pray, Now, we need the strength to do that, and Nehemiah constantly prayed that you would give him strength, Father, and there's not a single solitary instance that you did give him strength. You just know that you did. Because that's what you do. Father, that's the type of prayer that we never have to say that is a God, of course it's going to be an answer. You desire to give us the strength to be able to face the issue. Build those doors for you. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for the life of Nehemiah. The book itself may not be all that interesting, Father. There's some places in it to read out the history book and it's just a positive faith of what you did. Through this name, I will be pleased with you. We decided to do a great thing. We didn't do a 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 thing.